Hey, tennis fans, you are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. We are also members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as we continue our podcast on site from the National Bank Open in Toronto. And thank you to Hotel X, the official hotel of Matchpoint Canada. Mike, it feels like we're kind of right into the thick of the draw as we are through the first two rounds of play. We've had the chance to see the world number one in action. We've seen incredible wins from Milos Raonic and a special win uh, from our guest for this one, Gabriel Diallo. Yeah, Wednesday at the National Bank Open and always my favorite day of the tournament because it's the first day that you get all the players in action in singles play. You get the top eight seeds, many of them, I think most of them, playing their first match at the tournament as well. And it didn't disappoint. And, uh, you know, today was Pride Day at the NBO. So first of all, I want to recognize that, which is a great inclusive initiative that Tennis Canada has uh, brought back again this year. Uh, there were tons of upsets today in the uh, in the matches that unfolded, so no shortage of drama. And the heat also finally arrived in Toronto as during the day session, it was a scorcher out there for the players, for the fans, and for soft members of the media like myself. <laughs> yeah, it was a very hot one. Uh, I was toughing it out for a while on the grandstand, but it was certainly worth it. And as you said, I mean, before we get to Diallo talk and, and some other talk just in terms of upsets uh a lot happening Andre Rublev I don't know that my expectations were high high for him to say you know make a final or win a title but I I certainly thought he was going to be getting through his first match against Mackenzie McDonald but the American playing some great tennis and I know you were taking some photos on that court and a lot of frustration was brewing on Andre's side. Well, they were in those photos I took anyways. I mean, the ones you see me post are just yeah. the, the best of the best. Um, and for Rublev, unfortunately, it was the best of the best in terms of his frustration levels. But Mackenzie McDonald was just playing so solid today. And I was so impressed with just how calm he was on the court. Uh, you know, no big pump-ups, but just constantly reassuring himself, looking over at his coach, just some nods between the two of them, nothing major. Uh, and he seemed so poised and sure of himself today. And on the other side of the net, Rublev's serve was just not there. His first serve stats were 40% in terms of first wow. ones in. Yep. You're not going to win a lot of professional tennis matches if you're serving uh, sub-50, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, one of the matches that I did catch on Grandstand, which was very high level, American Taylor Fritz escaping Hugo Ambert, and the Frenchman was playing, honestly, some unbelievable tennis. He was actually up a break in the first set, 5-3. That went to a tie break. Fritz dug deep to win that breaker 9-7 on bear battle back on the second before Fritz closed it out. Uh, I was sitting near actually the coaching box for, for Fritz and you could see uh, some of the expressions on Taylor's faces. He looked over the coaching crew just saying like, Ugo's like, playing some of these points just too well just saying like that's too good and Humber served unbelievably well I think he would have gotten a win against a lot of players but credit to Fritz uh, who stayed really poised under pressure in a lot of key moments in that match and escapes with a three-set win yeah we like seeing some upsets but we want to see some of these top guys move through too no right? doubt. like tennis yeah. fans want to see the names and uh, you know the thing is about where this tournament is placed in the draw and I think we've said this before but with the break after Wimbledon a lot of the top names are not necessarily going to get a ton of matches in there. You know, you're not going to get 
top eight players generally playing in Atlanta, for example. Mm. Uh, you get a few more, obviously, in Washington, D.C. at the 500-level tournament there, but not the big, big names necessarily. So you're going to see some more, um, you know, a mixed bag of results. And so nice to see Taylor Fritz come through. Um, I did see you courtside. I got a couple pictures I haven't sent you. Oh, really? You courtside. Okay. So, uh, you know, send those over later. But yeah. um, that was not an upset, but there, there were other ones. And if we move to... Uh, the second match on center court today, which I think is uh, deserving of a little discussion, and yep. that was fourth-seeded Stefano Sissipas, who made the finals here back in 2018 in his first ever appearance here. It was the tournament where he said it gave him the confidence to believe that he could play with the big guns because, of course, he took out Novak Djokovic in, I believe it was the round of 16 or the quarterfinals that year, yep. before making the finals. You know, he captured the heart of the city, in particular, um, all of Greektown on the Danforth, who came out to support him. And maybe that was what was missing today. I didn't see as many white and blue flags out yeah, there surprisingly. on center court. Um, and he went out at the hands of Gael Monfils, who we all know is such an extremely talented player. But he's really putting it together here with back-to-back wins over Chris Eubanks and now Pass. Yeah, Monfils seems to, and, and we touched on it with him in the press conference, he has a love of Canada and sometimes seems to channel some of his best tennis when he comes here. Uh, he's fourth among active players with most wins here in, in Canada, which I believe is now up to 23. And look for Stefano Tsitsipas. I thought he was really flat. Um, no looked, energy. Looked like he really didn't have the usual energy that he does. I don't know if that's related to the fact that he won a title in Los Cabos the previous week. He's drain, a little fatigued. That, yep. And, you know, that's that's exactly what happened to uh, UK's Dan Evans against our guest Gabriel Diallo, which we, we can get to. But um, what a wonderful resurgence from Monfils, who is such an entertainer, such a showman. Uh, it's interesting. Like Novak Djokovic, I know he said, if there's any tennis player I would pay to see, it would be Gael Monfils. And for anybody who's watched him play so far this week, you can see why. Every match features some unbelievable highlight reel shots. And he's still able to do it at the age of, what is he, 35, 36 now, which is impressive. And, you know, as I take pictures as an amateur wannabe photographer, although I think I got some decent ones out there. You do. um, There's certain players that you just love um, photographing. And, and others where you can take hundreds of shots and maybe only get one or two that are really worth putting out there. With Monfils, you know, you end up with dozens and dozens from every match because of the crazy stretches, lunges, whatever you want to call it, circus show out there. And so, you know, favorite for me. I'm glad he's still in the tournament so I can keep getting those Sony cameras here and, and taking some pictures. Um, but he was great. And then in the press conference afterwards, you know, you asked him, I think, the other day a question about sort of family life. And it, was that you? It wasn't. It wasn't me. But I, well, I shared a, a post. You, but you anyway, enjoyed that. Okay. Yep. So, and he gave a really revealing, you know, sort of answer about how much he is relishing his role as a, as a dad. And that gave me the vibe that oh, maybe he sees his tennis career ending sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. But today in press, I was asking him about uh, sort of a fun, more of a fun question. We got to mix it up and keep it lighthearted sometimes. Whether him and his wife Alina Svitolina would ever play mixed doubles together at a Grand Slam, and he said, yeah, he'd like to but that it's hard to balance singles and another draw at his age with yeah. his physical you know, limitations as well. But he said he'd like to, and he says, hopefully, you know, next year is basically not my last year. So that was encouraging to hear too. Yeah, and, and I think for him at this stage, I mean, he's moving so incredibly well this week. Uh, he's so athletic and dynamic. It's just the aches and the pains and the soreness and the fact that he's been on tour for probably close to 20 years now that it really all adds up and, and probably takes its toll. So that's the challenge for him is playing, you know, multiple weeks and long stretches of tennis, which he hasn't really had this year. And I actually recall earlier in the season, 
French Open. He won that incredibly dramatic five-set win over Sebastian Baez. First round of the French. Like, he poured his heart and soul on the court for the French crowd. And then got the win. Withdraw, didn't he? And he he couldn't take the court the next day. So... uh, you know, it's it's going to be tougher for him to play like a full schedule to get his ranking back. And I think that's what he's, you know, dealing with mentally in his head of can I continue and get my ranking back up? Because can I commit to playing that much? Yeah, well, you know what? Any tournament that doesn't give him a wild card is crazy because you're missing out <laughs> on the biggest you're drawing right. card in terms of, you know, showmanship that you can imagine. Yeah. Now, if he's nearing the tail end of his career, one player who you had a chance to talk to who's just getting things going is 21-year-old Gabriel Diallo. And uh, I wasn't there for the interview, but I had to listen to it. And I just found him to be like super endearing. And uh, I really enjoyed, even though, you know, we've had short ones this week at the National Bank Open as all the players are really requested so much already. Uh, but I think what you got out of those few minutes was um, was really worthwhile. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate that. Here is my interview with Canadian Gabriel Diallo. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada, and so happy to be talking to Gabriel Diallo, who's coming off your first ATP Tour main draw win. Uh, just describe your emotions from getting a, a huge victory over Dan Evans. Uh, really happy. Uh, wasn't easy. Uh, obviously, I think it's my fourth, uh, fourth or fifth main draw appearance, and uh, you know I was zero and three or zero and four, whatever. So. But, you know, I kept my head down and went back to practice after every loss and try to work hard, try to work on my game with my coaches and uh, try to work on my fitness with my fitness coach. And uh, luckily I was able to get the job done, uh, showcasing good mental uh, mental resilience with a lot of momentum switch in the second. You know, you're 21 years old now. You've, you've kind of worked your way through the college system. Uh, we've had a number of Canadians actually go to University of Kentucky. <laughs> it seems like the spot to go for Canadians. Uh, what makes that school special, and uh, and what did that college experience do for you and your tennis? Well, I think I don't think it's the spot to go ju- just for Canadians. I think it's just the spot to go. Uh, I think the coaches there are unbelievable. Uh, we really like we really don't have the best facilities. You know, we only have four indoor courts. Uh, our layout in the outdoor courts is uh, it's so strange. It's like two courts and then four. Like when you go to Ohio State and you know the, uh, Georgia, you see the nice. We don't have that. We have none of that. Uh, but what we do is we play with our hearts. Uh, we play for each other, and uh, luckily we were surrounded by amazing coaches, and uh, they're they're the ones that led the way for for us, the younger guys that came in, and the ex players as well. Uh, the older guys, the seniors, when I was a freshman, uh, they're the ones that really led the way for us. And then I think this culture, this f- this uh, culture of family is what makes Kentucky different. You know, we've, we've heard Milos Raonic talk about growing up playing OTA tournaments, and he grew up about 10 minutes from here. Uh, I know he was an inspiration uh, for you. Is it special to, to maybe see him uh, around the grounds uh, here at Sobe Stadium and, and get a, a big victory as well? Of course, sure that if you can get a good serve like him and a good foreign, you can play until whatever age you want. So, of course, it's extremely motivating. Uh, obviously, I try to base my game off of him because he's a big guy, big serve, massive forehand, and tries to put pressure on the opponent, comes to the net. So that's what me and my coaches are working on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the win that he had the la- uh, was it last night it was unbelievable. I mean, me and my coaches were watching, and we were texting each other like, because we were in different rooms, and we were texting each other, like, oh, my God, did you see that? Oh, my 37 ace, 
Did you see that? <laughs> we were going crazy, and uh, we're so, we were really proud of him for getting the win. And uh, have you had a chance to speak to your parents about this victory? Uh, no, I went straight to you guys. So you guys are you guys are here. <laughs> Comes to Match Point no. Canada first. I love it. Yeah, okay, you guys are just saying. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, no. I haven't had the time yet to talk to my parents. No. Uh, well, that'll be my final question. Um, how how big a role have they maybe played in in your life and in, in your tennis career and shaping you to get to this point? I mean, what I'm doing to what what I'm doing right now compared to what they did to put me in this position, it's n absolutely nothing. Like it's. What they did for for me to be in this position, there's there's nothing I can do that's even close to what they did. You know, they went through so many hard times. We went to Russia, went from Russia, immigrated to Canada. They worked jobs, and you know, to to give me the opportunity that I had to finish high school, f go to college, and get a hopefully get a degree in the playing professional tennis. I mean, this this is all all I'm doing is through them. It's trying. It's maybe for as a way to say thank you to them for every sacrifice that they had and I'm sure they're happy about this and hopefully we can uh, we can celebrate but not too much because I have another match tomorrow. <laughs> well that's beautifully said thank you to the Diallo parents and thank <laughs> you uh, Gabriel for taking some time to chat with us congratulations. Thank you thanks man. There you have it my conversation with 21 year old Gabriel Diallo from Montreal and uh, I, I mean my favorite part of that conversation is how much I think his parents mean to him and his growth uh you, you could really see it in his face when we were having that conversation my, uh, my, my favorite part of that conversation was when he was basically giving not the most glowing review of the university of kentucky's facilities but true saying, but saying what a great but you know yeah. to counterbalance that saying what a great program and how much heart they have but as he was just describing it compared to some other schools i'm like well i'm not going to be sending my kids <laughs> there one day but uh, <laughs> but otherwise um, that and I really enjoyed the respect that he has for Milos Raonic mm -hmm. and you know it's funny out of sight out of mind recency bias amongst certainly tennis journalists you know Milos has been gone for two years and it's nice to hear this next wave of Canadian players coming along that do certainly respect and are aware of all that he's done yeah and I think if Diallo's looking to emulate anyone's game given you know his size yeah which one draws an immediate parallel with Milos you know a pretty good person to try and emulate yeah absolutely and uh i i mean i i've been sharing a picture with a few of my friends because i have a photo standing next to gabriel diallo and people think i'm tall and you he are makes tall, me and he makes me look very short he, this guy's a giant six foot seven he's got a different build than milos in the sense that he's leaner lankier i i mean he might full out more but i i must say like he's pretty dynamic around the court i find he moves very well for his size and if we talk about that victory against dan evans um, perhaps a little fatigue for the Brit who just came off the biggest title of his career at the City Open last week in Washington. I was actually courtside right next to his team, Evans' girlfriend, his coach, um, kind of hearing their conversations. And, you know, he was saying, I'm a bit tall at night. And uh, coach sort of saying, keep the focus. Keep Is that your discipline. British accent there? Is that yeah. It sounded a little Aussie. I don't know. Yeah, it maybe a it was a little Aussie. I, I you mean, were watching Dim and Hour today, so maybe that's uh, fine. Dim and Hour and Purcell, I can mix them up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I digress. His coaching team was uh, keeping him motivated. Uh, so it, it was a very entertaining match. But for Diallo to come across the finish line, beat the world number 21, and his ranking continues to go up. He'll go up to 133, uh, falling in the second round to Alex Dimenauer. Nice. And if you think you're dwarfed in the picture of uh, next to uh, Diallo, you should see what it looks like me standing next to Milos Raonic. Um, <laughs> I, I look like I could be his child, okay? Oh my God. His bald child, but <clears throat> nevertheless, <laughs> his child. 
Um, why don't we look at the Canadians aside from Diallo and yeah. where we stand? There's only one left. And listen, I don't pat myself on the back too often, but did I not say at the start of this tournament that I felt like the Canadian I had the most confidence in in this event was Milos Raonic? You're you did. nodding, but I trust know. me, I said I it. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. And, and he is. And yeah. you know, the reason I said that was because I figured Diallo and Gallerno, young, difficult draw against top-level ATP pros, probably not a likelihood of going beyond the second round. Sure. Felix, and this is what ended up happening last night, is the confidence just isn't there yet. You know, he doesn't have enough matches feeling fully healthy probably yet. Yeah. And certainly when he gets to those few tight moments in a tennis match where things are going to be dictated and ultimately turned upon, yeah. and he just doesn't have the belief in himself right now. Yeah, look, I think this is one of the toughest slumps right now uh, of his young career. And, you know, emphasis on the word young. He literally just turned 23 this week. Uh, he's 0-3 now on his birthday, so we might have to remind Tennis Canada don't schedule Stop any matches scheduling things on his birthday. Guy's birthday. <laughs> it's not working. Uh, but uh, look, he was, he was solemn and noticeably disappointed entering that press conference. Probably the most solemn I've personally ever seen him. Uh, he really felt he could get back on track here in Toronto, thought it was the tournament to kind of turn things around and get the ship right for this season. And I actually thought the very first service game of the match kind of was a tone setter for his match, losing to Max Purcell. Purcell breaks the opening game, and you think Felix is coming out there already like... Questioning. Uh, exactly. He's already shaking, you know, on the edge confidence-wise. The self-belief isn't great. You kind of need to start with the hold of serve. Instead, he gets broken right away, and probably the thoughts start spinning in your head already in behind the eight ball. And here's a qualifier who took out Canadians in consecutive matches Saturday and Sunday. What a jerk. <laughs> and Max Purcell, he seems like a really nice guy. No, he's way. a jerk. Uh, <laughs> no, we should never invite him back to this tournament ever again. Oh, Banned for life. Man. If you take out three Canadians in one draw in the one event that we have, right? I'm sorry, that's not cool. Yeah, in succession. So uh, Saturday takes out Peter Polanski in his final ATP Tour singles match. Beats Brayden Schnurr, who actually had a great win over uh, Max Cressy in his first qualifying match. And then beats uh, Felix Ogiali, seems 6-4, 6-4, six, four, six, four, uh, and owns a 2-0 and o record against Felix. Beat him at the Olympics a couple years ago. See, that's like beating all of Canada right there when you beat one of our players in the Olympics. <laughs> this this guy, guy should never be allowed back. And forget the tournament. Never be allowed back <laughs> into Canada. Stopped at immigration. Yeah. Turned around. Back to Australia. Well, Andy Murray, I suppose, did all of uh, Canada's service. If, if Max Purcell <laughs> is the true enemy, uh, winning a thrilling three-setter, by the way, over on court one, which is a rare court for Andy Murray to get. But wow, a uh, big win for him. I was there, and you had to go there to see a guy like Andy Murray, a three-time slam champ, two-time gold medalist at the Olympics, former world number one, play on a court that small. And the fans were understandably packed in. Really happy that there was a small area for photographers to go and stand close up to the court. Yeah. So I was able to, you know, not have to queue in the lineups and stuff like that. And just amazing to see a player like that still doing this, even on a court like that size, because he loves the sport and wants to keep going. And and now, I mean, here he is into the third round. And uh, gosh, help me out here. Who's he playing next? Uh, let's see. Well, he took out the uh, now Yannick Sinner. So, that, I mean, that's that's a... Very good round of 16 match. Oh, yeah. I believe it's second night match. Second night match on Thursday night following yes. Alcaraz, who's going to go again. So a terrific Thursday night lineup. I mean, that's sometimes Amazing the lineup. second match, you know, the crowd thins out. Yeah. And, and sometimes the crowd, you know, doesn't come back. 
And uh, this is not going to be one of those nights. I feel like the second match is even more enticing than the first match. So, you know, lots to talk about, lots to look ahead to. We still got more to talk about on this episode. But um, let's have a word from our sponsors uh, before we do that. Looking for the perfect urban getaway for your next family vacation? Look no further than Hotel X Toronto, the city's premier urban resort. With its state-of-the-art fitness facility, 10XTO, and four indoor tennis courts, there's something for everyone in the family. But that's not all Hotel X has to offer. With luxurious amenities from the rooftop pool to the award-winning Gurlane Spa, from the 250-seat cinema to the three-level sky bar, there's so much to see and do all under one roof. Whether you're visiting Toronto for business or pleasure, Hotel X is the perfect choice for families and individuals alike. Book your stay today at Toronto's only urban resort. Hotel X Toronto, experience the extraordinary. And also, I mean, Mike, you might know of this place downtown, Richmond and Duncan. They have the terrific patio and amazing CN Tower views, rendezvous, described by BlogTO as Toronto's most epic outdoor patio ever, has a National Bank Open viewing party. It's running August 9th through the 13th. Check it out. You'll have a chance to win MBO tickets. Entry is free and they have incredible food and beverage. Visit Rendezvous. It's down at Richmond and Duncan. For the record, I don't ever get downtown, okay? I got three kids I got to stay home with. Come on, but but if I did, Come I'd on. go to Rendezvous, well, okay? Yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spot to be. Uh, we haven't really talked in detail about Milos Raonic's second match and uh, just continuing on in this tournament. Really, Maybe because it was so routine. Exactly. I was just going to say really clean and decisive win over Taro Daniel 6-4, 6-3. I mean, we can say probably in terms of opponent, that was best case scenario for a second round match. Taro Daniel coming into this tournament ranked outside the top 100. But Milos, uh, I mean, he didn't face a single break point the entire match. Just so steady and solid on serve. 15 aces, winning 90% of points on the first serve. Uh, I mean, that's a recipe for victory against a lot of guys. And yet, you know what Milos said after the match in his post-match press conference that he was a little concerned coming into this one fearing perhaps a little bit of a letdown from that big night match mm. against Francis Tiafo. Of course, you're going up against the top 10 player. Yep. You're going to work yourself up and get pumped up for that one. Then you see you're playing a qualifier, someone who in theory, a player of your talent, even one coming back from two years, probably thinks and others think should beat. Yep. And you're worried that you might have a little bit of a letdown from that first to the second. And so he was really happy that that didn't happen. And he also said he feels like he can play even better than today. There were a few things he still wasn't you know, supremely happy about. And so I think that bodes well as he moves forward to play not six-seeded Andre Rublev, but America's um, United States uh, Mackie McDonald. And no offense to McDonald, but this is a way more favorable draw for anyone, Milos included. It's a great draw for Milos. And I, I suppose I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves, but you even look a round or two beyond that. Oh, come uh, on, Ben. <laughs> Milos has a pretty good path here. Casper uh, Ruud, he played a nice... Nice opening match against Yuri Lehechka. I uh, was courtside for a bit of that. Uh, gets through Lehechka in straight sets. He will play Davidovich Pekina, who's on a heck of a run uh, in terms of scoreline, especially. Throttled JJ Wolf, 6 love, 6 2, then blew away Sasha Zverev, 6 1, 6 2. So Davidovich Pekina definitely in form against Kasper Ruud. I think that could be an interesting match. And I like Milos's chances against Mackie McDonald. He would get the winner of the Spaniard against Ruud. And look, if you're going to have an opportunity to face Rude, I think you want it to be on a hard court. I know Casper does play pretty well in Canada, but uh, that little section, that quarter 
uh, looks like it's ripe for opportunity for Milos. I'm glad you're sticking just to that quarter because there was some guy in press today who was asking Milos about like what would it mean to get to the finals, oh and it's like, come on, right? Like, <laughs> give, give me give him a break. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree that Kasparud. I don't know so much on a hard. I mean, he's proved he can play on. Hard no, course, he definitely can. Right. You're right. He I, definitely to can. me, it's more like. He's been inconsistent this year. He hasn't yes. been week in, week out playing at that top five level, even though his ranking is there. Yeah. Um, look, I think we just enjoy it as it comes. Impossible not to dream about what could happen sure. with the last Canadian standing here yeah. in Toronto, at least. Um, but for right now, I think, um, you know, things are looking good for Milo. She's going to go first up again tomorrow. That'll be Thursday for those listening. Um, first match on center court. We haven't talked about uh, world number one Carlos Alcaraz's debut, and uh, didn't huge disappoint. Did not, did not disappoint. disappoint. Huge reception from the Toronto crowd. Packed crowd, full house. Full house for the world number one. And look, there weren't many long rallies with American Ben Shelton, but I thought it was a showcase of some off- awesome tennis. And uh, I mean, I hadn't seen Alcaraz live, of course, hadn't seen Ben Shelton live, Same. but this was quite a display by the American. The fact that he was serving 235 kilometer an hour bombs. And regularly over like 230, <laughs> right? Like yes. there were a lot of serves going over 230. He was going for broke and was not interested in engaging in long rallies with Carlos Alcaraz. And I think it made a very difficult match for Carlitos, who was facing break points in the very first game of the match. And then very tight second set, which goes to a tiebreaker. Uh, Alcaraz surviving 6-3, 7-6. Six, six. Uh, solid from the world number one, who definitely didn't play his best tennis. And I thought, like, a great showcase for the American, Shelton, who got a huge ovation leaving the court. Yes, I agree with all of that. I mean, this is the time to perhaps get Alcaraz, which is he's coming off uh, quite a lengthy break from tennis since yep. he won Wimbledon. First matches on hard court. First matches in this tournament itself as well. I mean, same for Shelton, but still. Uh, but I was really encouraged by what we saw from both players. And yeah, it was a great match. Both players had three uh, break opportunities. Carlos converted on one. That that was like the difference. And then in a tie break and an entertaining tie break, despite Alcaraz getting a relatively early mini break, there were a couple of points in there that were just, you know, absolute madness. And and Shelton at the net with that wow. punching backhand volley. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, no, I loved it. And I think when you look at that packed house here in Toronto, Obviously, everyone knows Alcaraz, but I think there's many in the crowd tonight probably who hadn't heard of or weren't familiar with Shelton, and they're leaving with, you know, a really great impression of another young up-and-coming star, and I think the ATP men's tennis is in really good hands when you look at these players. Oh, definitely. Uh, I've been high on Ben Shelton for, for a while. I mean, he had the incredible quarterfinals run in Australia, and you think of just the raw tools and the skill set and the fact that he's still 20 years old and facing the world number one who's 20 years old, which is just uh, ridiculous to think of. It's going to be a great uh, night session, which, I mean, we already touched on that, but Alcaraz versus Hubert Hurkacz, I think, should be a really oh, fun was that match. who he's playing? I didn't even yeah, see that for play, some reason. He's oh, okay. playing her catch, who uh, got through Kekmanovic in three, uh, finished strongly six love in the third. So her catch is so nice. I just got to say it. He's yeah. just like such a nice dude. And I watched some of his match today. He blitzed the third set six love um, against um, yeah Kekmanovic. Thank you very much. And uh, so many Polish fans out there on court one for oh, that really? one. Oh yeah, nice. tons of Polish flags. Yeah, big Polish community here in Toronto, and they were all chanting Hubie Hubie. It was really cute, and um, just such a nice dude. I spoke with him earlier this week, so I guess I can share that with our listeners. Yeah, of course. Herbert uh, Hercatch will be on the podcast this week, and um, 
yeah, excited about that. And yeah, now that you mentioned it, I'm excited about that match too. That's a great back-to-back tomorrow night. Yeah, that that will be really good. It's a really good lineup, I think, in the day too. Uh, Dim and our Fritz should be a fun one. Milos Rounders is going to be center court against Mackie McDonald, 12 30, I know. Andy Murray against Yannick Sinner, as we mentioned. Second night match. Maria Sharapova, by the way, uh, was just <laughs> Who you wouldn't expect us to be mentioning on this podcast. <laughs> right, but just outside of town, actually, uh, in Woodbridge. In the bridge. Uh, yep, doing uh, an unmatched gender equity conference. And actually had a fun photo with Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, so oh, she, got, right? she got to meet Carlitos oh, that's as well. Cool. Which she also cool. had a fun photo with Max Gao, one of our favorite uh, Canadian uh, and tennis guys. And he loves Sharapova, and so he that's really great does. for him. So he was quite happy. Yep. And uh, he said she spoke for about 45 minutes wow. and nothing about tennis, more about like obviously like, you know, gender equity, getting women involved more and, and you know, equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was just really impressed with, you know, how he she sort of pivoted from Maria Sharapova, the tennis player, to Maria Sharapova, sort of the the brand and the business and the you know other side of things, which I think she was trying to showcase here. So, very cool. Um, too bad we couldn't have got her on site here for a little you know press conference, Matchpoint Canada conference, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but we can't have it all, but we do have a lot of big names this week, so we won't give them all away right now. Yes. But looking forward to that. And and before we wrap up, you know, one of the final points I put in here that I do want to talk about, and I'm going to put you on the spot to go first, Sure. is what's the final that you want to see come Sunday here in Toronto with what we have left here in the third round? Yeah, well, I, I will say, like out of the players currently... This one's a semifinal, so Carlos Alcaraz, Yannick Sinner would be a semi. But you're not, you're not answering my so question. Okay. <laughs> I'm dodging the question. Yep. But I mean, you're stalling. The Canadian side of me, I mean, Raonic versus Alcaraz is the dream final, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but I would also be thrilled to see Medvedev get one more crack at Carlitos if he could. Okay, but you don't get two choices here. Come okay, on. You're okay, supposed, okay. You're supposed to make okay. your choice. Now you've done a semifinal <laughs> choice, which you weren't supposed to do. Two t- final choices, and My I haven't bad. even spoken yet. Um, Carlitos versus Milos. Okay, how about Monfils versus Milos? Wow. To see Monfils, you know, dancing around out there trying to return those serves. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, Alcaraz against Milos would be great. But uh, but I had to come up with something different. Sure. Since you also, took that Mo- as one Monfils of your three versus Milos would be the two oldest players remaining in the draw. So that would be pretty cool so win true. for the veterans. So tr- wait a minute. What about Andy Murray? Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Andy Murray. Sorry. Okay. Murray. Uh, you just Murray assume is... you just assume Murray's done because you picked Sinner to go yeah, to the semis. Yeah. My bad. No. 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 It would be uh, Murray would be the oldest uh, player in the draw yeah. remaining. So. There you go. There's some some good options. Some good options. Great players. Great lineup of matches. Uh, keep listening here. We have more episodes coming your way throughout the week. And uh, thanks again to Hotel X. Yep. Right. Hotel Matchpoint Canada this week. And thanks to Tennis Canada for all the tickets that we've been giving away this week. Um, and we haven't announced the winners on the podcast, but let it be known that we have been giving away several. And we do have one more draw coming up too. So you know, if you're not um, on social media or haven't been checking our social media at Matchpoint Can on Twitter, and that's where we're going to have, I think, one more ticket draw later. Not We're not doing it now, yep. but at some point this week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, stay tuned. Check us out. Guys, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time.